This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Nextlander podcast. I'm Vinny Caravella, joined by Alex Navarro. It is not just another Nextlander podcast. Thank you, Vinny. It is the 41st Nextlander podcast. 41, the number with all of the importance on it. 41, just like that other thing that has 41. 41, just like the number of years Nicolas Cage has been gracing us with his acting prowess. How do do you know that? Because I I, I, was maybe doing some Nicolas Cage stuff recently. (laughs) I mean, he started in 1980. He officially started in 1981, so. Creep. Freaking creep. Brad, this guy's a creep. What's up, Brad? Gross. Another fine offering from the Nextlander family of podcasts. (laughs) Creep. Creep. That's. Can we. Can we. Look, I just like him as an actor, okay? I was just Um, looking at his IMDb. Damn it, I was trying to do my NPR routine over here, and Uh you're just hijacking it with Nicolas Cage as. You always do. Oh, come on. How many times have I actually hijacked this podcast with Nicolas Cage? Uh, like, at least seven now, I'm going to say. Out of 41, that's not that bad. Mm. 42. is uh, It's okay. I, I welcome it. 
Uh, How old just, is Nicolas Cage? Just like we welcome your support here top, at, top at uh, Next Lander um, during our pledge drive. Um, boy, a lot of really funny Nicolas Cage stuff happens on the show, doesn't it, Brad? That's Late. right. Can, can I just? Can I, I just want to say the phrase "and viewers like you." Sometimes. Ah, <laughs> oh. uh, um, he's in his late fifties. I forget exactly how old he is. Listener support. Uh, hey, everybody. We are listening to the Next Lander podcast. And speaking yeah, of things we couldn't do without you, things like Alex coming over to my basement and breaking my Xbox is the thing. It's true. Uh, if you did not support us via Patreon or elsewhere, uh, I would not have been able to get into my car, drive across a bridge, go to New Jersey, arrive at a home, and break Vinny's Xbox. Thanks. Hang, hang on. Wait. I'm not sure that's a compelling pitch to support us. <laughs> if you're sitting there, hey, if if you didn't if you didn't support us, Vinny's Xbox would still be alive today. Listen, people like breaking things. That's Obviously, true. We that's are, true. Will, we are the will it blend of of podcasts. But they, uh, but they, but they, you wiped out your entire Xbox history. You know, first of all, we talked a little bit about this on the Ramblecast. Sometimes it's okay to let go. And I, I talked about this on the Ramblecast as well, but the one thing that hurt was my KOTOR saves, but there's a note. There's always another Knights of the Old Republic coming. Star Wars don't quit. They're literally For, make it, remaking that game. Man. Uh-huh. I mean, they even ported it to the Switch in the meantime, if you're going <laughs> to play the old one. No, thanks. On an airplane. That's maybe not where I want to play it. Um, or but, something. But um, if, you, if you missed it, Alex came over, threw Def Jam Fight for New York into my Xbox, and um, I think... I think I said this to you privately. Maybe we said it publicly. I said, we'd better do this quick. My Xbox doesn't sound great. That was uh, one of the first things you said when I walked in. Uh, and then uh, during the fight, you um, you almost finished the game. Uh, too bad you just couldn't finish Def Jam Fight for New York. Really? No, I did. You saw um, it. Like, just, again, I think if we were to take uh, this to court, mm-hmm. you would see that I threw Snoop Dogg out of a window. Uh, it cut us. to the final cutscene, <laughs> yeah. and it was there that it finally gasped its last breath. So we did some quick, uh, it had died before we did some quick open it up and jiggle the cables. That seemed to work for a little bit, but eventually that hard drive, once the case was open, you could hear that hard drive thrashing and clicking. uh, Like a click track. Oh my gosh, that thing was bad. And then uh, it stopped booting. So what do you do? What does one do with an unmodded Xbox with no hard drive in it? Presumably you've done the research on this. I have done some of the research. I have a few options. One is solder in some headers on the main board. Doesn't seem too hard. And drop in a mod chip. Easily accessible. Then drop in any hard drive you want. Okay. okay. That's or one. SSD. Or SSD. Um, the other thing I could do is... So the hard drives are locked to the motherboard with a um, an ID. So you have to either get that ID off of the hard drive, if you could read the hard drive, or get it off of the motherboard. So I think what I'm going to do is there's a thing called Pi Prom, which you can uh, attach some wires to the headers on your Pi, your Raspberry Pi, load that thing up, attach the other headers to the motherboard or the wires to the header on the motherboard, start up your Xbox, and it'll rip the information off of the EEPROM when it boots. Oh, no. Yeah. This is a rabbit hole. Yeah. I am sitting here looking <laughs> sitting here looking at the GitHub repo for PyProm as we speak. Uh-huh. And, Doesn't uh, it look fun? Yes. As someone who was having an issue getting the uh, access to the I2C and SMBus stuff on a Pi not long ago. Uh-huh. Buckle up. Buckle up. Here we go. 
Oh, I'm buckled. Um, it sounds like a lot of fun and weird, and I might try that. Otherwise, I'll just put the mod chip on. Uh, but I, I'd like to restore that thing back to as close as I can get it. What I'll probably do is, if I can get the ID off and and then get that drive initialized um, in all sorts of other ways. There's a lot of other processes that have to go into that. Um, now, now I I have one question. Yeah. Question. Forget Kotor. Uh huh. Forget Halo. Uh huh. Oh. Did you have a thick Ninja Gaiden save on there? Probably. Yeah. Okay. That's I think you heart- did. I think that's the last time we looked through it. Yeah. Clear that's save. the heartbreaker to me because oh, clear, oh, that's even worse, man. Yeah. Like that game. That game is so hard. Like that's the one that I would be heartbroken to lose because that game is just a meat grinder. Yeah. So some stuff might be on my memory card, but um, I'd have to take a look and see. Is that the memory card I stole from you? Yeah, that's the one. Don't lose it. Okay, well, then I could take a look from you, assuming this Xbox that I have actually boots up, which I could try at some point. Um, What is it? Why is it? Xboxes are just constantly trying to die, man. It's like that leaky clock capacitor, like getting acid all over your motherboard and ruining it, and like the hard drives eating shit. Like, you know, evolution is a process. Sometimes it makes mistakes, sometimes (laughs) it creates things that were not meant to exist in this world. The Microsoft, you know, it's just it's an evolutionary process. We're finally at a point now where the Xbox is able to survive on its own in the wild. All right, are, are you saying that that every Xbox is eventually going to turn into a crab? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, the carcinization process is very rapid with the uh, with 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 the, with the Xbox. Uh, it's um, it's a weird thing of time and place and hardware. I think right. You have this hardware, you have these spinning drives, you have this time and place thing of, we need to make sure this drive is locked to this Xbox, because who knows what nefarious things somebody could get up to if they were to rip this out. I mean, it was piracy. They didn't want to lose the piracy. Yeah, well, especially as PC-like as that thing was, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, like, hey, people are dropping in any all sorts of hard drives into that thing. So, I don't, I don't know if that's still the case. I haven't heard about, like, IDs locked to, or, or hard drives locked to uh consoles but you know now they solder in some of the memory on that thing anyway and just put another port and also a combination of no cloud saves uh, you know obviously at the time yeah. no cloud saves so here we are Vinny's xbox needs a little work and i want to get that thing i'll probably put a two terabyte in it seems like that's about where um where the oh, things top go, out you're not gonna go ssd uh i don't know so you can get a Sa- ide to sata uh, adapter, which is pretty easy to stick on oh, there. Oh God, that thing is IDE. Yep. It's that old. Yep. Jeez, right? Yep. Trying uh, to think about how many MP3s you would have to put on there to actually fill that two terabytes. It's <laughs> not like you can just put the games on there, is it? Uh, with a mod, you can. With a mod okay. chip, you can do that. Uh, there's also yeah, that, soft modding, which people do. Sure. But that, like, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't really get any throughput benefits off an SSD because that bus is so slow. But yeah. you, the, the access time would at least be better. I've seen some people say. I've, I saw one thing I was looking at. There's I mean, there's a lot of stuff. It's an old but there's a lot of opinions about how to do go about this. Yeah, most people just put the damn mod chip on and just call it a day and and don't do stuff like this. Um, but I want to have fun. And that's why I'm Vinny's here to have fun. And I like to solder stuff. And everybody knows you don't have fun by playing games. You have fun by doing all the things that allow you to play <laughs> that's games. That's right. Yes. For the, other, for the one other time I might boot this thing up, which is probably never now that I have no saves on it. The ultimate fun is just knowing that everything you own is ready to use at a moment's notice. That's right. It's the collect. It's the part where I don't want to put a mod chip in because and it's the collector part of me that is like, oh, I, I need a functional Xbox on my shelf, regardless of if I played it. What was it? What was it like doing stuff in person? 
It was, was cool. Like? It was great. Oh, it's been a it was long cool. time. It was yeah, cool. it's been over. It's been over two. In fact, as a matter of fact, I think we just crossed over the two year mark. We did. Yeah. It was uh, March 11th was officially our last day in the office in 2020s, and we okay. did that stream on March 10th. So, so it was okay. Three a year and 364 days. Okay, so I guess we were like two or three days before you guys. So mm-hmm. uh, it was great. Um, you know, it's 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 still different than doing stuff remotely, but it, it's great. Uh, thank you for coming out, Alex. Yeah, no, I was happy to do it, and it was good to see you. It was good to see the uh, the basement. It was good to operate out of the basement, audio uh-huh. issues aside, and uh, I had a very good time breaking your Xbox. It was, uh, uh, Kirby really liked you, my, my cat Kirby's dog. Kirby's a good dog. Kirby's a great dog, pain in the butt, but a good dog. Um, yeah, it was good. It was fun. Um, you know, I, uh, audio stuff is just nothing an audio mixer couldn't solve, but uh, that's not gear we had here. But also, up to this point, why would you need a mixer in a single-user yeah, audio setup. I thought I could get away with something I I don't think I could get away with, which um was what you unf- eventually got away with it. I, eventually, we got close enough, but yeah, um, you know, listen, it's, but now that it was a raging success, audio mixer. That's that's the that's the move. And if you want to go watch that stream, it's up on our YouTube now. The the Def Jam label people did apparently did not file any claims on it as of this this writing. So uh, yeah. you know, get it while you can. It was so you did not, in fact, finish the fight for New York. No, I did. I did. I beat the last boss. That counts. He missed. Ooh. He missed like two minutes of cutscene, which was we like watched less it on than YouTube. two minutes. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't see our character in the cutscene. It's true. Lil Zerk X did not get to shake hands with Method Man, and then the game was over. Oh, that that Xbox really needs to work on its comedic timing. It's true. It's true. It was more of a tragedy there. Yeah. Um. We've got a heck of a show for you folks today. Fan- Video games. Fantastic show. We're going to get into um, Ghostwire Tokyo a bit uh, in the preview cycle there. We've got Tunic, we've got Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, um, and then we've got a bunch of news coming up. Can I can I verbalize the acronym for Stranger of Paradise, Final Please Fantasy do. Origin? I've yeah. seen this and I love it. Yeah. Because even on the Xbox dashboard, like the short name on the dashboard when you pull up the guide is this acronym. Uh-huh. Sopfo. Yeah, we got Sopfo. <laughs> we got that Sopfo. Got that Sopfo. S O P F F O. Sopfo sounds like a kind of weeping wound. Ew. Ugh. Gross. Um, it doesn't sound good. No. Sopfo sounds like a bad clown to me. Hey, it's. Yeah, hey, Sopfo it, is the guy you get when no one else is available. Hey, everybody, I'm Sopfo the clown. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh. You, you kids got the key to your, kid, your parents' liquor cabinet? You think this is easy, kid? I went to med school. <laughs> I went, do you think this is, you get up here and do it. What are you, seven? Now, you're pretty funny for seven, but you get up here and do it. You think they call me Sopfo the Divorce Clown because I'm happy? <laughs> Honey, I'm not. How much was this clown? What clown? I didn't know. I didn't know. Sopfo's going to go inside <laughs> and get a piece of cake. <laughs> See ya. Sopfo's gonna go lay down in the bathroom for about an hour. Is this, is this your mom's robe? <laughs> Sopfo likes it. What is this? What's this made out of? We've already written a better thing than that actual video game. It is the acronym for. All right. Oh, we, I, oh I don't know. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. We'll get there. Should we get into the games? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Let's get into the games. Um, let's talk first about Ghostwire Tokyo, a game coming out later this month, March 25th, as it happens. Next week, I believe. Oh my gosh! Is next that next Friday? Is that next Friday? Next Friday. Oh my yes. gosh! Friday. What happened it's to March? A week from Friday. Um, we churned through this month, my friends. Geez, they, what is happening to 2022? It's it's going to churning through. Fourth it. of the way through it. The meat grinder. Um. So I played. Uh. I played 
uh, up to, or I'm in the middle of chapter two. That's kind of what the embargo was for this preview as well. Uh, so stuff that you may have seen already in some of the preview materials out there leading up to this, because that's a, around chapter two. You play as um, uh, the main character, Akito, and you've got uh, your friend KK, uh, who is a spirit who is inside of you. Uh, like live in your face. He like lives in in you. Imagine like wherever he wants. Yeah, like like he's like around. A misty cloud on your face. Like you're right. You're dead, and like you've been so oh. so. Shibuya has been has been kind of wiped out by the fog. Not uh, you know, um, not John Carpenter's. The no, fog. It's, just like it's, it's, uh, it's a legally distinct fog. Another fog, and everybody's kind of gone, and some uh, evil spirits have taken their place. Uh, you uh, are now inhabited by KK, kind of keeping you alive. So that's that's the setup. You can actually play. There's a free visual novel download. I don't know if you guys have seen this. The it's a, a prelude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I didn't enjoy it that much, but it's it's all right. It, it kind it's of it's free. Hang on, know. hang on. Are you saying you're saying you read the novel? I kind of read the you the, had to, the prequel. Yeah, you're saying you had to read the novel before you could play the game. So it, it, you play you follow KK and like a, a kind of band of um, people that. Lend a little bit of backstory to when you jump into the game. It gives you a little bit of information about what's going on. The game itself. What's up with Ghostwire Tokyo? It's, let me, b- yeah. Before you get into it, let me just t- to set the stage for Alex and I. Is it? Mm-hmm. Are you okay? So we can only talk uh, about up to through chapter two, right? which is, is good because I haven't finished chapter two. So is that roughly the same area uh, that we were seeing in that long gameplay demo we attended? Yeah. So that's like, like, like that ago? stuff. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Plus whatever introductory stuff is going on. Got it. So, so you're roaming the open world of Tokyo at this point. You're yes. Are you are you soul grappling across rooftops? Yes. Okay. That is are all you, in chapter two. Yeah. Are you doing a lot of uh, elaborate <laughs> hand gestures to seal, seal shrines? And yes. Okay. Are you? Have you met any Kombini cats? Yes. Bodega okay. cats. Yes. 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 Um. They want to sell me stuff. How how is it? How does it play? Um. It's a pretty, it's a pretty slow start in terms of your abilities. They don't, you don't get all the, uh, a fun kind of hand gesture magic stuff out of the gate. Uh, mm-hmm. pre- pretty quickly you get the bow, uh, and the combat feels a little sluggish, which sounds weird because when you watch it, it looks very fast. But the aiming is a little off in the beginning. But things speed up pretty rapidly as you start getting other powers, like. And upgrading your powers and getting, um, uh, you know, I get fire and the other build. You start with wind, which is basically it's a first person shooter. You know, it's uh, you're zapping people, uh, almost, um, uh, uh, what's it called, Bioshockish, right? Like you're you're mm-hmm. kind of switching between powers and you're zapping people, uh, and you have a bow to use. And would so, would you call it a shooter? Like definitely. If you had to, yes. if you had to, if you had to put a genre on it, yeah, is it first person shooter. I would say shooter more than like melee or yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're you're kind of uh, taking down their uh, the demons or ghosts energy to a, to a state where they kind of get stunned, and then you could do a finisher on them, which gives you back some energy and some health, right? If you want to, or you could just finish them off. They get into like a finisher state. So you're, you're kind of stunning these enemies around, uh, and it is open world ish, open world ish. They gate you and corridor you by putting uh, the fog around you, which you can disperse by hitting some of those gates, those shrines to open up more areas. Uh, and so it feels a little locked in, but it does have that verticality. Like you said, you can go on rooftops to kind of, Mm -hmm. um, get yourself some more play there. Occasionally you'll do side missions. Well, there's a lot of side missions actually in that area. And 
it will the take, little bit that you showed me, it seemed like it was mostly side it's missions. It's side missiony. It's an open world. It's got a lot of icons. And uh, you go in, and occasionally they will just warp you to an arena where you will fight um, kind of in an enclosed area with borders on it. You'll just fight a number of demons until you fought the number they want you to fight, and then they kick you back out and you've accomplished the mission, which is a little anticlimactic. So I think my... My thing is, I like the hand stuff, and I like what they're going for. It's getting more interesting as I go. I don't think it's weird enough. Like, I think it's, mm-hmm. I think, leading up to this, I think I thought it was going to be extremely far out there, and so far, there's only been about three enemy types uh, that I've fought, barring maybe very special ones, and it seems kind of repetitive. Like, it's got a, a, a kind of repetitive vibe to it, so... It's just a little slow going for me. Um, it's not hooking me uh, out of the gate. It's unfortunate because, yeah, like I sat there and I watched you play a chunk of it. And the feeling I got watching was like, yeah, this really does just kind of feel like here's your open world map. Here's your icons on the map that you're just going to kind of run around. And it's like, OK, here's the nearest thing. Go do this. Yeah, I was like, you said, like the monster design, I think, was the thing I was kind of hoping there would be a little bit more variety in. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying there isn't more later, but like in those early goings, we are just kind of running around doing these missions. And then some of them end with battle arenas. Like, it's like, hey, check it out. Here's a bunch of waves of these same guys you've been fighting over and over and over again already. And that Is doesn't it? that doesn't leave like the best impression. Mm-hmm. It's like like those like salarymen in masks. Type yeah. Sort of the headless schoolgirls. Like, yeah. It's, okay. it, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's an, or or there's like a, a another character that kind of just creates fiery orbs around. Those are like the three types that I've I've fought a bunch of. Uh, and they kind is of there, populate the whole area and come back. So, is there any like at least decent writing around like like side like dull mm. mechanically mechanically dull side quests can be okay as if they've got like interesting little stories to tell. But like, is there much? So, a lot of the side quest stuff I have done uh, kind of hinges on the remaining spirits that are left after everyone's kind of been wiped out. So, the the kind of crux of the story is everyone's form their physical corporeal form is is wiped out and somebody's collecting their spirits and you're you're fighting against them to, to collect their spirits instead of that person so that you know if they get all the spirits bad stuff happens if you get all the spirits Ooh. and save the spirits you have these paper dolls you can collect spirits in and basically then transmit them via a uh, phone booth which is kind of fun um and so you're taking on missions that are like these displaced spirits so one of them i think the one that you saw alex was like a hoarder like this, uh, there was like the spirit of this hoarder in this house, uh, and you're going in there and you're fighting a bunch of ghosts and you're kind of, I think that one ended in an arena as well. You have spirit vision. So you're kind of finding the key that's behind like a panel or like, you know, where's the clue to this thing? Where did the person keep their, their lovely sock that they loved? Right. And you're mm-hmm. like using their, your vision to find that. So the missions are, they're okay. Like, okay. I'm not going to say terrible. The writing is. So <clears throat> you have a couple of different voiceover options. I went back and forth between English and uh, the Japanese VO. And did you say did you say it defaults to Japanese? Defaults to Japanese, yeah. Interesting. That's uh, how I would probably want to play it. Just based on what I heard of the English dub, I did not get <laughs> it did not it was not doing it for me. Um yeah, so they I switched over to so you can you have to go back to the menus to switch over the VO, which isn't unexpected. Like, you know, a lot of games make you bop out of the game to actually switch the recorded VO. But um it's in the English one it sounds hokey. 
You know, to me, I don't, I don't understand Japanese. So the Japanese one sounds fine to me, but in the English one, the, the line reads come off as a little hokey and a little corny. The quips sound cornier. Uh, it's fine. It's, it's not getting in the way, but I had a little trouble during the action following some of the subtitle stuff, kind of a, a little bit like I had with jet, you know, you know, just kind of reading during some of the action. So I switched it over to the English, but it, it plays fine. I don't think that's actually a big issue. Uh, uh, I think I would probably switch over to the Japanese also and just kind of catch the subtitles. Now that I know like half the stuff you don't need to, it's not like jet where it's like, Oh, this is mission critical story. You're getting, it's more like incidental dialogue for a lot of it so I, I don't think i would have a problem with it but story wise yeah eh, if it's again it's not hooking me totally but maybe i'm not deep enough in uh yeah it's a bummer because like i I've, i'm gonna play it because i'm still yeah. i'm still interested in what they're doing but like too. you know between like nakamura leaving and sort of like what felt i guess you know was a very long silence between when that happened and when they finally started showing the game off i wonder if some stuff changed or if they just had to scale some things differently it's hard to say but it's like, possible say. i mean the, the bigger thing for me is like i thought it showed really well i mean we saw mm, yeah. like 45 minutes of it like a month ago and i thought i was like whoa this looks kind of rad i'm super interested in this now but then like hearing Vinny's impressions and some of the other outlets that have talked about this preview phase reminds me it's the same studio that made the two evil within games yeah and those games were way more interesting in concept than they were to actually play for the most part from my yeah they're, they're great like aesthetic games like they right. have really interesting visual design but like the games themselves have yeah. not quite caught up to that yes those those games did not really do it for me much at all so like remembering that uh made me think like oh maybe they're still kind of in that place even though this looks more interesting my worry is this game is, um, to quote one, Bilbo Baggins, uh, uh, butter spread over too much bread. Is that what it is? is that what the, is that over the too line? much toast. Too I much believe. toast. Yeah. Like, oh, it's bread. Oh, it is bread. Okay. Uh, no, that's a movie quote. <laughs> is that not count. in the book? I, I don't, I, it may, it may be, I can't remember. Does it, point being, maybe feels a little thin. Yeah, wait, wait, they wouldn't have fucking toasters in, in, in you Middle Earth. What the hell am I talking you, you about? toast a piece of bread, bread over, yeah. over fire. Yeah. They figured that I, out. Who's got time for that? Bilbo, plenty of time. I bet. I mean, fucking hobbits love Bilbo, toast. Bilbo Baggins is the landed gentry. Okay, yeah. he's probably got an oven of some kind. In fair there. enough. Fair he's enough. got one of those cool toasters where you put the toast in and put it in the fireplace. You know, the metal he's, one that clamps mm. down and you hold it over the fireplace. He is. He is the idle rich. He, <laughs> he is well taken care of. Uh oh, Baggins. Um, yeah. So it's maybe feels a little thin in spots. Uh, but I again, I'm not that far in. It's my early impressions. I would say, you know, this isn't more than like three or four hours, uh, and it's uh, it's only chapter two, so more more to come on that. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. We we have secured additional copies of that game, so we'll have a group discussion next. I week. I will be checking more of that out. Yeah, uh, sure. yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still eager to check it out. Yeah, I do I do love the hand stuff, like the 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 animations, and when you're when you're in some of that combat, it looks cool. I think it looks a little bit better than maybe it feels for me. But uh, it looks neat, and I love I love watching it. But yeah, I don't know. There's the Tanuki, um, the the like raccoon voice is pretty neat. They're like little mobsters. Uh, that's fun. Huh. You could talk to the animals in Interesting. it. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, it's part of your powers. Oh, you can talk to the dog. Okay. Yeah, you can talk to, to the know. dog. Yeah, good to know. Um, there's also like six quality modes in it, or or visual modes, which yeah, uh, like I'm okay with. I'm, I'm used to the two fidelity and, and performance. Like I'm sitting here suppressing a laugh, looking at this list. 
I guess we should we should get into it more next week once we've all taken a look at these, but like I'm generally in favor of more options than less, but like <laughs> this is kind of getting a little silly. It's uh it's got quality mode, which is um uh, I'll just run down this very quickly because it's it's it is a little silly, but th- they don't define this stuff well. It's only it's all of three lines to describe every mode in the UI. So it, it, yeah, I had to go look it up. But quality mode is basically 4K at 30, though I don't think some people said it doesn't really stay at 4K. Performance mode is is capped 60. The other one, sorry, I, I need to make this clear because it'll come in later. It's capped 30 in quality mode, capped 60 in performance mode. Then there's high frame rate quality mode, which is basically uncapped 30. And then there's high quality uh, or high frame rate performance mode, which is uncapped 60. Mm-hmm. So, so wait, that's for people with uh, 120 hertz TVs. Is that the idea? I guess I don't know. I, I mean, that would be that would be the only reason to uncap a 60 FPS mode is if you have a TV that can display more than. And that. that's got to be running at a lower resolution, right? Oh, probably. I mean, yeah. it might be 1080 or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, like, you can go over 60 in high frame rate performance mode, and then there's both of those high frame rate quality and high frame rate uh, frame rate performance both have V-Sync modes. So yeah, that's the part where I started laughing. Yeah. Is, so. Like, again, I am generally pretty stoked to have some some performance options on console games, but, like, the V-Sync might be a bridge too far <laughs> in th- terms th- of exposing options for people. I mean, look, I hate frame tearing as much as anybody, but... <laughs> Why are you not just playing a PC version at this point? Well, like, like I'm kind of with you. I, I, like, the thing that I would say is you, you have to get a little bit more granular in describing the stuff in your yeah, UI because yes, like these these names are not that descriptive. No, and the line they have that describes it, which is I think in the I, I can't remember exactly, but for like high frame rate quality mode, it says something like uh, uh, prefers uh, a quality and frame rate. With some compromise or something like that, you know, it's like, and it's like, I, we, what are we, what are we doing? I don't know. It's like, uh, what was that Series X launch game? Was it Dirt? Alex, yes, Dirt out. 5. Was it Dirt? That was Dirt 5, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yes, the Dirt, Dirt 5 thing where like the wording on those modes were, was so nonsensical that they didn't sound compatible with each other. Yeah. It was nonsensical. And also when you actually looked at the differences between the modes, it was barely discernible. Oh, like yeah. you could not really tell what the difference was. Yeah. So, hey, listen. Yeah, more options, great. Just gotta tell me what what what's turning on and turning off when we go in there. And people have done it, so you can look at it offline or online, I guess. Uh, but it shouldn't be like a fucking Dark Souls weapon. Like he no. should he shouldn't get a ring and then have to look it up and see what the hell this thing does. I just got the uh, high frame rate quality mode with VSync ring. Uh, I'm not sure what it does, oh, but there's a little icon on my map that it's an arrow pointing down. I'm not now, sure what it does. Now I now you kind of are making me wish that Elden Ring had made all of its actual settings <laughs> diegetic in the world. <laughs> like like the tutorials. Want, like the I, tutorials in those in that game are actually items in your inventory. You know? <laughs> like what if you had what if you had, had to find the high frame rate ring? Okay, what if we go an extra step further and we get the intro announcer guy to explain the different video modes <laughs> to you? High performance <laughs> mode. The dung frame eater. rate with ray tracing. Yes. yes, you must defeat the frame eater. Yeah. Or what if what if you only get certain character encounters if you're on a certain mode or mm. thing? Oh no! Yeah. Well, you, you have to set this to quality mode in order to get the character. Yes, this character is only drawn to the screen uh, at, at, front, at, at 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 above thirty hertz. <laughs> yes, they blink out of existence. Yes. Uh, Yes, the first the first thirty frames, they're just not there. <laughs> the loathsome V-Sync mode. <laughs> um, it's a thing I think somebody like me looks at 
and then it's like what and then forgets about once you just start playing but i did try to go cycle through them at some point and was like this is even too many modes to cycle through um ghostwire tokyo 60 dollars um on uh playstation 5 and pc uh the free prelude visual novel is on psn you can catch I wonder, it march 25th uh you know Tango is a Bethesda studio, and Bethesda is a Microsoft company mm-hmm. now. What is the PC release of that game? Like, is that on the Xbox store? Like, the Windows store? Oh, mm. it's on Steam. Mm. Are you also... Maybe you're only going to be able to get on Steam? I, I, I'm rambling here, but I wonder if they have, like, fully integrated this game with the Microsoft way of doing things on the PC, mm. since it's technically a Microsoft release, even though they've got this... I want uh, maybe their square their uh, PlayStation exclusivity agreement prohibits them from doing that. It's also possible they signed some deals that before any of this well, Microsoft that, yeah. nonsense. That's what I mean. That's what yeah. I mean is that they might have they might just be putting this out as a Steam release and not touching any of the Xbox backend because of because of the PlayStation deal. I'm not sure. You think it'll come to Xbox next oh, year? I think they've. I think they. Uh, wait. Did sorry. Did you say this year? Oh, I said next year. But like, yeah, I, th- I think they've they've either said or all but said that it's a year exclusivity. Okay. So it'll be on it'll be on Game Pass a year from now. All right. Um. Well, we have some Game Pass stuff coming up with Tunic, but let's take a quick break and we'll jump into that stuff in just a second. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we're back. And now let's talk about Tunic. Tunic. I have, I have something to say about Tunic. What do you have, do you to, have to say? say? It seems pretty rad. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I, that, was, that was my read as well. I, I've, I've had my eye on Tunic for, gosh, like I can't even imagine what the first PAX was that we saw Tunic at. It's, it was called, uh, what was its original name? I can't even remember. Secret. I don't remember its original name. I, it's been Tunic as long as I've been paying attention to it, but okay. I feel like I've been paying attention to it for at least five years at it's, this it's, point. It originally had a name that was two words. It was like Secret something, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, they renamed it Tunic. It's, it's a, it is a, 
explicit top-down old-school Zelda homage. Yes. yes. Like, it is very much a three-quarter overhead view hack-and-slash Zelda-type game to the point that, I mean, like, am I putting the cart before the horse here? Like, you're straight up picking up pages of the game's manual in the world that are, like, probably the most spot-on old-school mm. NES art and layout, like, manual. There's so, yes, that is, that that is straight-up early Nintendo Power illustration, like, instruction book illustration type stuff. Like, it looks... So and I, I don't think that's putting the cart before the horse. I think that is the horse. I think that it, is yeah. the first thing they want you to notice about that's, that yeah, game. Yeah, you, you get your first manual page, like, what, five, ten minutes into the game or if something? That. But, um, so, but I, I, yeah, have, you, have you guys noticed that if you hit A, you zoom way, mm-hmm. way, way the in? The scan like, is mm-hmm. good. Like, the, the, high, the, the resolution on those manual pages is, like... Like, the attention to detail is so good that you even can see when you zoom way in like that. You can see the little, like, crosshatch ink pattern that mm-hmm. you get on a lot of the paper printing back then. Like, yeah. it's really spot on. That is archive quality. Um, so, that's... It's interesting you say that because it is clearly a Zel... I mean, even by calling it tunic, you're starting off... I think you're in the green tunic and you just start off. You are a little fox guy. You're a little you fox don't have guy. anything. Eventually, you get a stick, and then ah, you just yeah, kind of go from there. You fight with a stick before a sword. Um, I have found this now to be maybe more Fez than Zelda. Uh, yeah, as so I yes. started going. That again. is the layer underneath, absolutely. I, yeah, I was also talking to Patrick at Waypoint, was pretty deep into this, and he also made the Fez comparison. It, like, it is very... And I love it, by the way. It, I think it, I was just talking about Fez the other day, maybe the other podcast, about how that's one of my best like, shared gaming memory things of trying to puzzle yeah. stuff out. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it goes out of its way to not explain its mechanics to you. Uh, yeah. And like the, the, the basics are very easy. You know, it's like, oh, I've got a health bar and a stamina bar. And when I roll, my stamina goes down. Like, that's easy to figure out and stuff like that. But then you start picking up those manual pages. And first of all, they have a mix of English and like a made up like glyph language. Yeah. Which looks Hyrulean, I'll just say. Sure, mm-hmm. yes, it does look like the fake Zelda language. Like you tell me if that starts being demystified later on. Like I don't know if you're like. I don't think it does. I think so, it, from what from what I've gathered, like from talking to other people, is it sounds like it doesn't really ever like decode that stuff. Or, or more, I'm, I'm more the point. What I mean is like if you start piecing things together, of like, did you pull out your sketchpad and start like trying to transliterate mm. like the the glyphs into English? So, so I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but I'll say this early on the. Um, in the manual, the manual you start getting is not pristine. Like there is, there, there are, there are some mark, some notes on, yes, on the yes, on the manual. Yes. Somebody, and, <laughs> this one is pre-owned. Yeah, it's say. like a rental. So yeah, um, so there's stuff on there that starts getting interesting as people are circling things and putting question marks in the manual. And I, I don't know, I don't know. That's part of the That's the mystery the to I'm, me. I'm not far enough in to know exactly where that stuff is going at all, yeah, other than I've, I've collected, you know, a decent number of pages, and I've started to see a little bit of that, but that's a, that's all I've got so far. Yeah, but, it, like, it's got some, like, fairly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's, it's, there's, there is some mechanical complexity to it, like, the, the role that I mentioned, mm-hmm. like, there are invincibility frames on that role, and there is a page you get in the manual that, through illustration, makes that pretty clear, even though the text on that tooltip part is the the fake language i think there's yeah. one thing that says look at the dust or something like yes that. yes mm-hmm. you're right so they'll they'll pepper some english in there that kind of helps but like you can kind of tell from the illustrations what they're trying to get across yeah um and they slowly sort of imply mechanics like that which is which is really neat it's very clever the 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 collecting of the manual pages becomes a very big part of the game because it 
not only gives you guidance in where you should be going and what you should be doing, it does. There's there there is stuff like kneel in front of the lake for three seconds kind of oh, thing. What? Like oh, there I is like Castlevania two style things that you're like, wait what? And like you know, in the manual you'll be you'll be collecting pieces that'll be like, oh okay, um you know you have to do these things to open up other areas or do that stuff mm-hmm. and. Uh, that's really cool. Like I, I found that to be super cool. Every manual page, it animates well, it looks great. And like you get, a, I get so excited when I get a new page, I flip it over and I flip it back and I flip it over and it'll give you maps to the area. Like Alex said, they look exactly like they would have out of a strategy guide, uh, or like a Nintendo power guide for, you know, link to the past. It looks exactly yeah, huh? like that in the margins. There are character bios and stats. Uh, it's, and the map is functional too. This is a little yeah. breaking on the game, but it does have your icon on the map if you zoom yeah, in. Yeah, it at least gives you a little like yeah. no chase on where you are. The thing I yeah. want to emphasize though is that like as clever and fun and interesting as all this stuff is to pick apart, at least in in the relatively, you know, first four or five hours that I played, uh, it's also just a really good Zelda like. Yeah. like irrespective of that other stuff. Like the pick like just teasing like Butting your head against the world, figuring out which enemies you can take on, which things you have the right, you know, uh, abilities for and which ones you don't. Just kind of like realizing, oh, shit, there's a hidden passage here or or there's a chest behind this thing. Like just kind of like running your character into every corner of the world and looking for stuff. There's a lot of that. And it all feels pretty exquisitely designed. Like I will say for my part. I always appreciated Fez more than I liked it. Mm. It was not really a game that I super enjoyed, but I really admired the cleverness of it. I think the game thing here is a lot more interesting to me personally. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of use of fixed perspective stuff of like, oh, these trees are very thick, but I can actually run behind them and get to a hidden chest. You know, like yeah. the, like you kind of have to poke around at areas that it looks like you maybe can't access. Um, also, the look of the game, like just the lighting, the mm. it's overall terrific. mood. Uh, like when you hit the the it's got a little bit of a Dark Souls component to it. Oh, it's got the a kind lot. Of, when you hit the kind of bonfire equivalent yeah. and it saves, it basically like plays 24 hours of time in like five seconds. Like the sun just flies overhead and it becomes night and then day again. And like and that all looks, the enemies come back. All that, all that, yes, it, it respawns all the enemies, but like all that, that overhead, like that, that kind of sunlight illumination as it shifts very quickly just looks so good. Um, and yeah, like it's kind of hard at the outset. Like when you start, you start running into the, the, the like Moblin equivalents, like the kind of goblin sword guys, like they kind of like work you if you, I mean, you can die pretty quickly. Like you die in like mm-hmm. four hits or something and, and you drop your currency and have to go pick it up so, from your corpse Dark Souls style. So I think you only drop 20, which is nice. Or, oh, is that it? Yeah, okay. I, I think so. It's not all of it, I yeah. don't think. I think you only drop 20 um, and you can do a corpse run and get it back. Also, uh, once you get it back, it does a little burst attack that yes. it gets rid of any enemies that might be nearby you when you're doing that. Unless, let's say, you died by exploding barrels, in which case they explode the um, barrels and you can die again. That's um, not great. So, I, there are a little some hiccups here and there. Yeah. Like, it's maybe too reliant on the perspective stuff sometimes, where it feels like you're just roll, having to roll or run into every corner of the map constantly, and then it, you know, it shows your silhouette when you're behind something, but you're basically banging into walls until you you kind of navigate a corridor that was behind something, which is fine, but there's a lot of it. Uh, and sometimes you're, you're like just pushing the stick up. You're like, I think I'm running against the wall. I'm, I'm not sure. The other thing is I ran into, oh, this happened to me twice. And I remember it twice in a few hours of gameplay because it was kind of devastating rolling around. I fell off a ledge 
like you, you mostly can't fall off of ledges. Yeah, it really doesn't let you for the most part because like, you like have stairs. to explore everything. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a few like like some stairs you can fall off. Yeah, of so like it was stairs behind um uh uh in the isometric view, and I rolled off and I just fell down to my death, and I was like pretty far out from a bonfire, and that like that kind of stunk, and then it happened to me again in a different spot, and that's. That's kind of a bummer because the game is asking you when you're behind stuff is usually where and hidden. That's usually where the goodies are. Like this is check every, this is waterfall treasure chest, the video game. This is check Mm -hmm. every waterfall. Uh, and so that's a little frustrating, but I love this game so far. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really neat. It's, uh, it's also seems I'll have to talk to you guys more as you play it. Seems like you can kind of do things out of order in some places, I'm not exactly sure though. I have now hit a point where I'm fight, able to fight a boss that I think I'm underpowered for. And I'm debating, I, you know, I chipped away enough damage where it's like, Oh, if I were really good, I did this fight really well. I could probably beat this boss, but it's going to be really tough. Or I could move on and do a thing. I other thing I, I, I can go, uh, and accomplish. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I got a little stuck in a spot and then I was banging my head against some things until I went another direction. And a lot of times there's multiple ways to enter an area. So yes, there's you, a lot of like hidden paths that will shortcut you to other things. Yeah. And you, and sometimes you don't find them until you're, you've taken a long way around. You're like, Oh my gosh, you tell me there was a path right to this thing from here, just hidden behind this bush. So there's, I'm curious how that all works out. There's um, a lot of really interesting things going on under the surface. And the Zelda stuff keeps going in terms of, you're going to get magic items and, Mm-hmm. Not my favorite mechanic, but it is true to Zelda, especially the portable ones. You're mapping onto uh, um, the three face buttons face on the controller, yeah. the items you can use. Not my favorite. It is very true to Zelda, but I would rather have more buttons used for the items than having to switch out magic items all the time. Um, you have a lock on. You have a shield. Um, those things can be a little tough sometimes. They have an interesting stamina mechanic where, uh, you get those invincibility frames unless your stamina is too low and then you don't get those frames, which you need to know in yeah. some of those boss fights. Cause yes. if you, you'll you also, just get wrecked, you also take, uh, 1.5 X damage. Yes. You're, you're, you get into like an exhausted state basically mm-hmm. when you, if you deplete your stamina, like it, I guess it, there's kind of a delay before it starts filling back up when you get into that state. And yes, you not only do you lose the iframes, you also start taking way more damage. Like it's kind of a bad scene. Yes. And you, and it's like, I think there is a visual cue, right? Besides the meter flashing. You get that you're like exhausted. sweat, like a, right. like a, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. In like a heck, like a hectic boss fight. Yeah. You really do have to manage your stamina a little bit. Like I, I, my only other complaint about it is I found some of the combat a little stiffer than I would like. Mm. Like I constantly find myself doing like the sword has like a basic three hit combo. Yes. I keep finding myself trying to cancel out of the attack totally. into yes. the dodge but you really get locked into the attack animations and have to like finish that sword swing yes. before you can dodge. And I end up taking a lot more hits than I mean to. I 100% agree with you. Like you, you, you wind up committing over committing a, yeah. a lot. And I mean, that's a mechanic of the game and I've gotten used to it now where I'm a little more deliberate in, in the swinging instead of mashy. Um, so that's fine. Some of the lock on stuff can be a little weird, especially when you are trying to block things that are shooting at you. Um, cause you, you lock on and then you kind of use the right sli- stick to select it. But when you unlock, sometimes your shield could face the wrong way and that can be a little, little finicky, but so like the combat's not my favorite part. The, the, the kind of intrigue is my favorite part. Actually, mm-hmm. the, the, the look is great too. I, I'd say, yes, I'd say intrigue look. And then the combat 
Uh, yeah. Uh, sure. Also, me, music very good. Music. The music is fantastic. I hope they're putting the soundtrack out for this. Yeah, I I like it a lot. I, I really. Yeah. It's, it's really I'm cool. I'm way into it. I'm I'm you know I've been looking forward to this game for a long time, but like I I wasn't necessarily sure that like it was gonna like fully grab me. But like the one thing I will give it as advice to anyone playing this game is uh, the period when you have the stick before you get the sword is gonna suck a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. I, not like that it's not fun at all but like there's just a very limited number of places you can go and you are going to have to kind of like <laughs> beat your head against where the actual path to that sword is for I, a while I, I, I missed the one path to the area where the sword is like longer than i should have i mean it's kind of my fault because i thought i had exhausted every avenue and i had just not gone up one ladder that i thought i had but i yeah. did the exact same thing you did yeah. so that's yeah. that's but once you get that sword and it actually even once you get the bombs which i got a little bit before that like things start opening up very wait, quickly wait hang on did you say you got the bombs before the sword i got the bombs before the wait, sword i didn't think that was possible i think i got wow. the bombs before the firecrackers the, the no the i got bomb. the actual bomb bombs uh, the first okay. time oh, what so that was how I opened up a path that I could oh, not get crazy. to before because there's like, so a big part of what blocks you are shrubs everywhere, Yeah, mm. which you can walk through the grass. You cannot walk through shrubs. So the only way I could blow apart some of those was with a bomb, like a firecracker <laughs> or a bomb. And then once I did that, I realized that I had a very easy path to get to get to where I needed to go. That is not necessarily the only way you can get right. there, but that that's, was how I got there. That's what's kind of blowing my mind right now is because I'm trying to think like I thought I went everywhere I could go without a sword and I never saw bombs. So that's like interesting that there's I like, think it was in a hidden chest somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh, so you, you might have just found a path. I, I may have just like, found that's, a thing. That's, yeah. Like, that's super interesting if that's if there is like nonlinearity built into the, the way it gates access to stuff. But once yeah. you have that stuff, I mean, obviously there's going to be other things that you need other items for to traverse to get through, but like it, it gives you a ton more options of places to explore and things to do. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'll say is those, you get upgrade mechanics for your attack defense and all that stuff. Those oh, things those are like those little cards. No, no, the, the, oh. the, these are like, um, um, uh, uh, you, you'll see them in the menu. They're very, okay. they're very explicitly called out. Uh, but those things actually, up your attack and defense and stuff a lot. Like they are, okay. they are meaningful upgrades. You know, some games don't make it that meaningful. Like, oh, point one percent more attack. These are you go from like, oh, this was three hits. Now this guy's two hits. Like those right. are meaningful okay. upgrades because um, they get you know. You, I think I just realized I have not tried to upgrade my little dude at all yet. Like, I, other than getting new items, I have not really tried to like fuck around and do anything with him other than just keep pushing so you might not I got probably, the manual I probably, page yet i should probably poke around a little bit and see what i yeah. got yeah it's so cool um i love seeing the manual the manual pages are numbered so you can see like where you have gaps and like how the pages fit together and it's a really really clever mechanic. whatever artist worked on those pages uh give them an award they, yeah they clearly and not it's an overused phrase but they clearly understood the assignment yeah <laughs> like like clear clear reverence for the source material for sure very much very uh, much even the also, notes just, are like seem like they are actual ballpoint pen scanned in yeah uh, I just checked the the press release about the release that came in this morning the soundtrack is out on bandcamp uh life formed is the composer okay so it's on it's on their bandcamp page so that's Tunic. That is um, that is out now. It is on Game Pass. It is also thirty dollars available on. It's surprise dropped on Game Pass, isn't it? I don't think they'd actually I'm, announced that beforehand. I'm not sure. That's hard to keep up with these yeah. days. Yeah, but I don't think they had announced that beforehand. I don't remember seeing that, but you might be right. Um, that said, I would gladly pay the thirty bucks for this yeah, game. This seems yeah. absolutely worth it. Yeah. So it's thirty bucks. Also on Game Pass. Also on PC. You can get it. I think it's on Steam. 
Uh, I really like it. It's it's giving me a little bit of inscription vibes in terms mm-hmm. of like, oh, this is. I want to see where this is going. Um, this seems the this seems like a thing that is presented that is much deeper than what is presented. Absolutely, want to compare notes with you guys at some point on mm-hmm. this one. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. Uh, I hope it. Pla- I hope it pans out. I haven't had a chance to look around at reviews. They're very high. Uh, yeah, I believe it. Uh, that's Tunic out now. The other thing that is uh, out soon, but seems to be all over the this internet, week? yeah, is uh, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Oh, oh you mean Sopfo. 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 Uh, Sopfo is put uh, down the bottle. Sopfo. We got to talk <laughs> about this video game. Sopfo is available on PS4, PS5, Xbox, and PC, and sixty bucks across the board. There. Um, this one. Is this is the chaos game? If you if you don't know, this is the chaos. Got to find chaos. more ways than one. It is Team Ninja and Square Enix uh, together. Um, I don't just want to kill chaos. <laughs> I need to. It it's is like a hunger. It's a hung- thirst. Oh my gosh! Like Jack, walk it back, Jack. The intro to this game is magnificently incoherent. <laughs> it's. Oh, it's such a weird game. Man. The editing alone start. is so bizarre, and it the really way is. they are introing these characters. So, I just want to very briefly touch on this because it's one of the first things you see in this game. The way they put the team together, Jack, your main guy, is walking along. Two scum bros walk <laughs> up behind him. They've all got magic bro crystals that tell him they need to go kill chaos. Uh-huh. They fist bump. And off they go. I also, mean, there is a 45-second scene where Frank Sinatra plays while you wander through a golden field. I don't, what is fucking going on, man? Also, like, that scene when it cuts to him in a dreamy field uh-huh. with, the, with My Way playing, like, they cut it before it even gets to the chorus. Does like, it even, literally, yeah. literally, the chorus is about to start, and they just cut the scene. Like, it's... They're definitely like, going to play that song again later, but, like, like what are we doing? Like, that, the editing in that first scene where he's, he's approaching Cornelia, yeah. which is the kingdom. I mean, this is like a retelling except it's not of final fantasy one the very first one ever like a little like uh, out of universe or, or parallel universe final fantasy one ish thing i think first of all not to be all not my final fantasy but i much prefer corneria to cornelia <laughs> yeah. but i think that ship sailed a long time that pirate ship sailed a long time ago yeah fair enough um but like he's walking up to the castle and it's not like he bumps into them in the town square or something he's literally just like he literally just turns around and they're standing right behind him like and they both that go, whole scene. Ugh. The, the way the whole scene is edited, there's nothing natural about it at all. They're no. literally just standing behind him, and he just turns around, and then they immediately agree that they are all there to kill chaos. Like it's well, so like weird. they're 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 a little less like chaos. He, but he is all on that. I mean, we knew this from the trailers and the lead up, but I think he's just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I just have to fight chaos. That's it. And they're like, yeah, well, okay, whatever, man. Like, I'll go with you. It's. Also, there are just white text on black background interstitial cards that come up every now and then. It's just been three weeks earlier, two weeks later. The whole like structure of that game. So it's it's Team Ninja, and they made uh, Neo as well, right? They did. And I believe Neo had the same structure as this game, where it's like a very menu-driven game. Like, there's a world map, but it's a super abstract world map. Mm -hmm. It doesn't actually show you anything. And you are literally just picking for cutscenes, for missions, for everything you do in the game. You're just picking icons on a map and like loading into a level. There's no like 
geographical connective tissue to anything. Yeah. Well, and never mind the part where you are constantly in the menus, constantly checking <laughs> uh, all the gear and shit that is dropping from oh, wherever yeah. you go. Like that like, is is nonstop. I mean, it is one of the most mechanically dense games I have played in a very long time, like to the point that it's kind of exhausting. I would also like, call I'm, it spiritually and intellectually dense. I mean, like in yeah, that yeah, you cannot penetrate it. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Like, just to, to finish, uh, to wrap up, like, the whole menu-driven structure, like, I, have you guys done the thing where you talk to people in between missions, like, from yes. the menu? Where it's, like, um, I forget what the, it, it's, it's in the same menu as the blacksmith uh, in between missions, except it doesn't matter what location you are at. You, you hit the next location you're at, and you go to, like, talk to people or whatever. And it's, like, do you want to talk to the grizzled veteran or the fresh-faced recruit or Will or Amy? And... No matter where you actually are in the world, it warps you back to the town square of Cornelia to talk to these same people over and over who have the most generic nonsense to say every single time. Like, I just finished the second or third mission and went and talked to those people again. <laughs> and one of the dudes was like, this is literally the quality of the ambient, like, the storytelling incidental dialogue between missions. He was like, he was like, boy, my lower back pain sure has cleared up. That must be you warriors of light again. <laughs> you guys are really doing it out there. And it's just like, and that was the whole exchange. And I was like, what is, th why is this in here? I, I, do, I don't know how self-aware this game is and it bothers me. I think, I think it like, is it possible to be both completely self-aware and not at all at the same time? I think it is aware there is a joke and it is not very happy about it. They, they have stumbled. They have stumbled into an amazing joke. Like it is like just just that opening scene where you are in this splendorous fucking fantastic castle with this king who is just all decked out in his like fancy, you know, Final Fantasy regal garb. And there's all these princesses and other people around. And then these three fucking gym bros walk <laughs> in like just fresh off leg Dude, day. I, I love that. Uh, I forget which I think it's Ash is the character's name. Yeah, like he's, his, got the, he's got the kicks. Like, everybody else in this world is the most regal, like, med like generic medieval JRPG fantasy get-up imaginable. Here's this dude in a white tank top, a flannel shirt tied around his waist, and, like, sweatbands on. And, like, like where do these guys come from? Like, I, so like Jack, Jack has a phone and, like, pulls out earbuds and listens to new metal when he's mad, right? I yeah. Hope, I hope they get into it. I mean, they, they are basically like, oh, you know, if Final Fantasy 1 style, like, oh, the, the prophecy says the four warriors of light will come with their orbs and go. And, they, you know, they're they're very aware of what they're doing in some of that stuff of, like, they're only, at the beginning, they're, they're like, there's only three of you and your orbs kind of suck. And like, yeah, oh, I, what are you going to do? I didn't put, to, the game doesn't spell it out right up top. Well, it kind of does and it doesn't because, like, it opens with you killing Tiamat, which if I remember was the last of the four bosses in Final Fantasy before you go finish the game. Mm. And like, that's the, that's like the tutorial fight is like you fighting Tiamat, the big multi-headed dragon. So like right off the bat, I was like, what is going on here? Like there's something out of sequence with this that doesn't make sense. Like I won't get into it because the game doesn't totally spell it out. But like if you go, if you just go wiki Jack's full name and like look at the basic story outline of Final Fantasy one, like you'll probably get a pretty good idea of what's going on here. And it, looking at reviews, like some, some of the reviews made it sound like they, they actually make that pay off a little bit, okay. which makes me curious, but I don't think it makes me cure enough to play through this entire game. I did appreciate the detail that all the main characters have uh, names that are the right number of characters to fit into an actual Final Fantasy one character oh, sheet. 
Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Someone po- I saw someone point that out on Twitter, and oh, I was like, fantastic. oh, okay. That's very good. I mean, it's also got the job system, which Final <laughs> Fantasy 1 didn't really have. Like, it kind of had like a... You, you picked classes, and then each class could evolve into one higher right. class later in the game. This is much more of the Final Fantasy 5, like, you've got a zillion jobs, and you could do any of them, and as you level them up, like, they unlock better jobs, and, like, you can carry abilities over. It's that whole thing. And all but, these like, gears have affinities to those jobs and all that stuff. And it's tied also, to the weapon, the the job you're currently equipped? Um, if, you raise, if you raise affinity for your current job high enough, it unlocks special attributes and abilities and stuff. Okay. Uh, like, if, like, I'm above 50% on the Ron- uh, affinity on the Ronin class because of the gear I have equipped, now I have this extra Ronin ability. Okay, because it's that kind of thing. but if like if I because I I haven't only still in that first kind of mission, but it seemed like they're tut- tutorializing you to be like, okay, put the mace on. Now you're a wizard, and like uh, put or now you're a mage, or put these stabby knives on. Now you're a rogue class. Yeah, yeah but also that thing. mission is a bad is bad at giving you reasons to do that because I I found myself just churning through it just at the default jobs for everyone and like i just didn't feel any real need to it's, do that other than the hey get rid of this fire with this water mage mace thing you, you definitely have to like the very next mission after this like, okay you, you should check out some more of it it gets hard like, okay not hard hard but you start having to engage with the systems i don't know how much we would get into it i mean it's dude, like it's a lot it's are, dense like exhausting like um you have you have a lot of it is based on trying to both raise your max mp and also like refill that mp mm-hmm. over time and you do that because, like, you have a physical block that refills MP, but then you have a magic block that when you use that, you wear down a break meter. And then when they break, you can magic kill them, and that raises your max MP. Like, th- there's a ton of stuff going on. It's it's there. really, even the tutorial, it's funny when you're in the little field doing the tutorial stuff. I actually went back because I think I skipped a page in the tutorializing to be like, you know, this is dense enough where I want to read every tutorial page here. And I couldn't find it in the tutorial menu again. It was about... Um, using that magic block and then something else on it. Cause there's soul like shield. parry attack. Yeah. Soul shields. There's parry attacks on both of the physical and the magic one, but then you can absorb the magic ability uh, mm-hmm. and, and cast it back. And there was like a page two of that that I was like, wait, I hit, I hit the wrong button. What was page two? So I went back to read it. It's, it's weird. I don't, it also defaults defaults you to story mode, which I thought was weird. If you, if you don't change it off, you just button through. Um, but you can change the difficulty at any time. And there actually, there's also, I didn't dig into this, but when you select story mode, it also says once you pick story mode, there's also an optional casual mode you can turn on even inside of that. that oh, wow. Huh. Easier still and like part of me wants to just go all the way with the easy mode in this and just mash through it as fast as I, I can because I, I just want to see everything that's in here. Like, the I, combat is fine. I mean, I'm actually, like, as I was getting deeper into it this morning, I kind of, I'm not going to say I like it necessarily, but I at least see how all the pieces fit together. And, like, I mean, I've seen, like, reviewers out there who finished it talking about, like, oh, I've got to work on my, like, my end game class build to do this extra, like, new game plus playthrough or whatever. Like, people seem to... It seems like the potential is there for people to get mm. super into all the jobs and all the mechanical density if they want to, but mm-hmm. it's pretty impenetrable right off the bat. It also drops loot constantly. Oh, too constantly. Much. Too much. Like, oh my god. Like, I have got, after literally after the first mission, you have, like, dozens of pieces of gear it's, in your inventory. It's it's too much It's too much loot because, well, not because, but it, it's too much. It was overwhelming me because er, actually every job needs to, seems like it wants you to equip different loot as well. So you have a set for, let's say, your fighter, and you're like, great. I put this loot on and then you get a set for your mage and you get it for you, your mage class. 
and then it's set for your your road class and you're just getting stuff that's like oh my gosh constantly do okay i'm gonna move this one from this class to this class and i'm gonna put this on here i, I assume brad later on it, stuff just becomes more hyper specific to the class so yeah, you just, they okay. start dropping a lot more class gear okay because sure. the general stuff is like i don't know i'm just gonna bump this from this class to this class but i assume later on it becomes clearer this is specifically for like I got, I got my first katana, and that unlocked the Ronin class, basically. Okay. As an example. Um, but do you got like Ronin sandals that are like, hey, these these make your but, uh, the armor. I mean, it's all they're definitely class affinity on gear. It's okay. the designs are pretty generic though. Because you also can equip your party members, which is it's just yeah. a lot of in the menus. Like, I if I haven't seen a just like single option optimize all gear mm. thing, but if that's in there and I've missed it, I will totally use it because like, it's just too much. And then there are bonfires of course, cause it's 2022. Yes. Uh, yes. And yeah. I mean, it plays like a souls game. You lock on the attacks are on the bumpers, dodging, parrying, blocking of different types, all important. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem that punishing though. When you die, I mean, there was a, on the text pop up. It's like, you could lose some MP depending on your difficulty, but I don't know if I'm on that difficulty. I'm on the normal difficulty. I'm not know. sure which one that is, but yeah, you never lose more than like three or four or five minutes of progress yeah. from the last checkpoint. Generally, I was uh, having some trouble. Like, you know, I was, I was dying in ways that I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't tracking my health well. And I kind of, kind of got surrounded and we should, up. uh, not to commit ourselves to anything, but maybe we should check that out on stream. Cause sure. you guys, you guys should check out the next mission and see this pirate guy at the end. Uh, I want to see the pirate. Was, I want to see Mickey Rourke pirate who guy. Is, who is like easily the most shameless Jack Sparrow ripoff I have ever seen. <laughs> oh like boy. He, he quite literally uses the word savvy. Oh no. <laughs> like it's just, they're not even trying to hide it. It's amazing. It's, uh, and now, like I, like I got through with the pirate pirate part, and now they have sent me off to find the dark elves, and like I'm kind of dying to see what the dark elves look like. I, I bet they're really cool. I bet they listen to cool music. Oh man, uh, Jack is such a he's such a goober. I mean, he is like he is the quintessential like mid two thousands dude bro <laughs> oh game protagonist. Like like to the point that it cannot be accidental. And like hearing getting a some sense of where the story in this game goes. I don't think it is accidental. I think okay. that's very much by design. Ah, uh, so weird. So weird. It's Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, Sopfo. Uh, Sopfo. Uh, I, it, in, it is out, uh, the 18th, right? Techn yeah, the 18th, technically. Okay. Is there an early access period for this thing? I forget. So there's like, there was a demo that was out for a bunch of people, mm -hmm. and then... Yes. Review code went out, I think, like a week or two ago, and it seemed like there was just no embargo on any of that because people were just posting fucking scenes from this left and right. Well, I, th I think a lot of that came from that demo. Okay. okay. I think the demo might have been the beginning of the game. I'm not sure, but it's it's out this week for everybody. Uh, that's on, again, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC, 60 bucks. Uh, what a thing. What, what a, a thing. What a thing. I think... So... I'll say this, moving on to the last thing here. I put a lot more hours into Horizon as well. Uh, I think I'm going to have a hard time picking up Horizon again or Tunic. Like, uh, I think Tunic might be the one that throws me off of Horizon for a bit because I think I might oh, want to I might want to see. I don't know how long Tunic is, but um, I, and I don't know where I am in Horizon. I've done a lot of the story stuff now. Uh I had a number quoted at me with Tunic. I won't just say what it is, but it's it's not long. It's not okay. a, a it is it is a normal sized length for a video game. I would I say I still really love Horizon. I think Horizon might be my favorite game from this year so far. Um, 
I, I have liked Tunic when I've been played. I, I've met uh, some characters that I really like in Horizon. I want to see if there's more of them. This character called Alva, which um, uh, she seems great. Alva! <laughs> um, Going back to Cage. And, uh, uh, oh, I thought you were doing a, a chipmunk. No, I was, doing, I was doing Vampire's Kiss. Okay. Is her name Alva? Yeah, I remember it's like, Alva. Alva. Okay. Okay. Oh, come on. We watched that together. We you remember. D- yes. I, there are things about that movie that I may have blocked, uh, either blacked out or blocked out. Well, then we just have out. to watch it again. That's true. That's, well, he's got his new vampire movie that he's going to be. Yes, uh, he is currently making Renfield. That is true. Um, Bringing it all back. Yes. Full circle here. Full circle. The the cage is complete. So anyway, mm-hmm. Horizon Forbidden West. Maybe that'll be, maybe I'm wrapping up. I don't know. I don't know. The the story moved. I've moved further west even still. So Wait, um, than the map? Like, uh, I don't don't answer that. No, we finally found the Forbidden West. <laughs> no, now I'm in the now I'm just in the uh, the Bidden West. Uh, no, it's just um, there's some more fog that I had to clear out that I wasn't able to get to before. Uh, Did you? I uh, mean, you mentioned this before. Like you've done the three things, like the, the kind of three Zelda quests. <laughs> you yeah. must do the Forest Temple and the Desert Temple. Yes. Like I don't even know what I want to ask about those. Like are are each of those quest lines long? Are they as involved as they seem like they might be, or are those just kind of like minor steps along the path of the plot um you know in the grand scheme of things they they are not actually that long like the dungeon oh. themselves are not as okay. long as you might think they are i i thought they were going to be a little more involved than they were um some some of them are fairly long just because of the mechanics that are involved but um no and they're, they're kind of like what we talked about previously what we expected kind of in some of the spoiler territory so i won't talk about that but it's it's fun I, i'm still having a good time i'm still having a good having, time going through it and it's junk foodie and i i really like that it's okay that might answer my question i was just gonna in the vaguest terms like having done those three things like are you still on board with the story yeah. are you like excited to see what's gonna happen next? yes actually very much so like okay um in a way that is like uh, I don't think it's challenging everything I you know thought, but like in a way that I'm very curious and, and it's got its hooks in me, and I want to see I want to see where they're going with this. They have done enough twists and turns to keep me afloat on, on this to right. propel me through the and the and they just dump the upgrades, just the points. They just don't stop. You just. I, I think I might max out all of those trees. Like Yeah, I've I've seen enough people talk about platinum and plat platinuming that game. Yeah, I think I've got two just, trees that, filled out at this yeah, point. Yeah, that I that I assume I assume you can probably grind out that whole skill tree pretty easily. Um I did hit an arena thing where I was like, Oh, okay. I am not as high level as I thought I was. Um I thought I was killing it and then I was like, Oh, I see what we're doing here. No. Just gotta keep working that skill tree, man. Need more levels. Need more levels. Gotta, gotta have out. more levels. Gotta figure out. I need better weapons. Oh, and I did hit the thing where I was like, oh, this is where the legendary weapons are. Okay. Now I see. Oh, Why would oranges. I buy anything else? Yeah. Why would I buy also, anything uh, else? Also, so, some some listeners reminded me last week that you can, <clears throat> when you scan the, the robots, you can see a level on them. Yes. I, w- I was saying they don't put levels on enemies, but you can see at least the robot enemies i forget if the humans have that as well so so they do the uh, uh or at least i know the robots do but i think that was in the context of maybe i'm misremembering they don't seem to scale so I, I think there are certain like as i get higher level i don't think the areas are scaling to me i think those le- those robots are locked into that level i think i don't know 
because that was pretty high level going on those main quests and that it wasn't very difficult uh, and they, they were about i don't know I, I could be wrong anyway that's horizon still uh forbidden west uh i think i might jump off and do some tunic I, that's the game i want to put this podcast down and go play is Tunic. yeah me too um and, like i'm still i'm still checking in on elden ring here and there but like a bunch of games came out yeah. weird you know how that goes but I, like tunic is the one that has gotten me this week if you're curious about Caravel's ranking right now, it is I want to go play Tunic, then I want to go finish up Horizon, and then I want to go uh, jump into Elden, and then maybe I want to jump into Ghostwire. Like, I think that's... Actually, I probably want to finish up uh, Far. Uh, <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, that game is not super long either, I don't yeah, think. Yeah. But also, I I'm, I have Ghostwire written, uh, ranked higher just because I haven't touched it yet, and I I'm want to. Very but, curious yeah. what you guys think, and then what, what the general um, consensus is out there. Again, I'm, I'm pretty early on, so I don't want to color too many opinions there on it, because it is still pretty early on for me. Uh, but yeah, curious about that. All right, we're going to take another break, and then we're going to come back with the news. So stick around, folks. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just use ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. What what are you doing on that vacation there? Hmm? I I had to access my GitHub account, Uh and I was doing some coding, and then I I used my ExpressVPN, and then VPNed into my home computer! Likely story. Uh Uh-huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's fast enough. That's what they all say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know they didn't know a damn thing. Says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN expressvpn.com slash nextlander thanks expressvpn and we're back and it's time to get into the news here now news video game news there was a use it there was uh some stuff that we're gonna touch a little bit but not too much but i'll just mention here at the top there was that uh sony um state of play we'll get into a little bit of that State of play? Is that what they called it? it was, that's what they call it, state of play. Uh, yes. And then there was the uh, idea at Xbox showcase today, mm-hmm. um, which uh, was fun. You know, there's point and click adventure games, some FMV stuff. Makes Vinny happy. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, they are speaking to you in particular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have we have seen those. We did not uh, do uh, like any talk over or stuff. For we actually, we, we did watch the state of play last week thinking we might, mm-hmm. not a talk over, but like a, hey, maybe we should like go back and edit this into the podcast after we had recorded it. But like, eh, it yeah, was okay. It was, it was, it was okay. It that, was very mid. Don't, don't bring that in here. No, I'm bringing it in here, man. 
You're too old for that. No, uh, I'm not. Okay, fine. Well, um, I'll say while, while we're there, the, the thing that stood out to me was the, yeah, we'll just jump this one in. Um, the Returnal co-op was uh, yes. was cool. Uh, I, I like that. And yeah, aren't they calling that like update 3.0 or something? <laughs> I believe so. Like they're kind of building on that game more than I expected. I guess, I don't know if 2.0 was when they added the save system, like the suspend stuff mm. or whatever. Yeah, but, I figure with the official, was that an official 2.0? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's what they called it, but like they're, they're, they're just, they're adding more onto it and all for free than I would have expected, honestly. So this is like a, uh, is it only two player co-op? Camp, yeah, I think it's two player campaign co-op. Okay. Uh, which, which is, is which is kind of awesome. Yeah. For uh, a game that hard. Yeah. That might actually be how I choose to go back and play it if I ever find that magical window where I will go back and play it again. Yeah. It's uh it seems like it's pretty similar to like a private instance that you kind of join or host. And then the um uh the other thing they had was like the Sisyphusian tower or tower of Sisyphus mode, which is sends like an endless mode. So that seemed neat. And then the other one was uh dinosaurs dropping out of the sky. Dude, it's raining dinosaurs. The rainy dinosaurs thing. Exo primal. Uh, <laughs> which um uh, visual I mean listen, looked weird as hell. It was like kind of neat looking. It had that um what's the vibe that that bug game where the the Rich Gallop loved it. Uh EDF? Yeah. Earth Defense Force. Yeah, CDF. Yeah, it kind of yes. had like an EDF-ish yeah. vibe, like a 2022 version of that of like, oh, here's a three-player cooperative um tighter version of that i i, I love the visual of v- raining velociraptors yeah it's Something- like it's like you're literally dumping plastic dinosaur toys onto an unrelated playset. Some, something something doesn't feel right about mowing down hundreds of dinosaurs the way that mowing down hundreds of bugs does what though? if they were like zombie dinosaurs Okay, now yeah. anything goes. It's not natural. Uh, this, the story, Brad, you had pulled here about uh, any kind of crossover between Dino Crisis. Yeah, like a bunch of people saw that footage and immediately assumed it was a new Dino Crisis game before the Exo Primal title popped up. Yeah, so I guess I guess there is some uh, um, some shared DNA there in that the... I don't know much about Dino Crisis, but uh, Hiroyuki Kobayashi... Uh, yeah. <coughs> sorry. Oh, boy, I get teared up with dinosaurs. Uh, co-designer on the first Dino Crisis and producer on two and three. Is it actually yeah. involved in this? Hmm, Dino Crisis three. Huh? <laughs> I mean, is that honestly, that game, that was dinosaurs in space, so. Uh, Which is really out. the natural end point for something like that. This that, that checks out. Like, do we know what kind of game this is? It looked like a, it looked I think like it's a, wave. I think it's PVE just like wave based. Like three person cooperative PVE game, but I. I don't know. I don't know that much beyond it. Yeah, I, I really don't. The year the year is twenty forty three. For reasons unknown, mysterious vortexes have been opening up, unleashing endless swarms of dinosaurs upon the modern world. Please mm-hmm. never try to explain why it's happening. Just be like, we're, fuck it, dinosaur portals. I don't know. We're about to see a vicious fight for survival between the brave exofighters of the near future and ferocious creatures from the distant past who threaten to drive humanity toward extinction. There, there might be more on uh, this game out there that I have not seen, but. Uh I only saw the the trailer. I, I did not dig too much into it. You know, I gotta leave a little something for the surprise. Yeah, there's a. I, I just found a. There's a post on the PlayStation blog that's got a bunch of info. Okay, but not a ton of info. I mean, it seems like it's some kind of multiplayer shooter or something. Is it free? Is it, I doubt it. Okay. That doesn't seem like Capcom's style. Although you know, there's first time for everything. <laughs> uh, so that that's kind of the the state of play stuff that was shown last week. Um, 
Microsoft has a bunch of news, though. Well, Microsoft adjacent, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember Perfect Dark? Yes. Mm-hmm. Jo- Joanna Dark? I was not a Perfect yes. Dark fan. I know some people are very... Nor was I. Uh, a very big Perfect Dark fans. Okay, do you know any very specific Perfect Dark fans? Because I feel like I know one. Is mm. it the same person I know? Is it Greg Kasavin? Oh, I was going to say Carrie. I thought was a, a big Perfect okay, Dark Okay, then fan. so we... Okay, there's two. Um, yeah, so... Perfect Dark. Uh, so you guys are not perfect. Big Perfect Dark. No, Ooh. not at all. Oh, okay. I, I thought there was like I have nothing against it. Like I yeah. played the original Perfect Dark. I just it, it was never a game that like I had like serious feelings about. Um, yeah, I'm. I just mm, I don't know. And so the the reboot, the Perfect Dark reboot, has been talked about a bunch. Um, and it seems like, I mean, I this is, sounds like a bummer of a story. And some big problems over at uh, the initiative. Uh, where uh, the Perfect Dark is being co-developed with Crystal Dynamics at this point. Yeah, or- when did that get announced? Last fall, I think. Like the initiative is that Santa Monica studio that Microsoft spun up, what, four years ago or something like that? Yeah, uh, it was around the time they were on that buying spree. Yeah, it was literally that same E3 where they announced like Double Fine and uh, Ninja Theory and Undead Labs. We acquired all of these and we're also starting the initiative. S- so the initiative... Um- been in development with Perfect Dark, the Perfect Dark reboot, and according to this uh, Video Games Chronicle story, about half of their staff, they've had turnover in about half of their uh, development team, um, and according to the story, sta- some stating that kind of creative, mm, well, lack of creativity from the bottom up, and more of a creative top-down style uh, is leading to a lot of that uh, exodus there, uh, again, according That's to the story. That's unfortunate. It sounds like this coincided maybe with bringing Crystal Dynamics on to the project. Is that right? So according to the story, again, uh, from some of the people who have left, you know, uh, they have said that <laughs> these, this studio is founded by two ex-Crystal Dynamics people. They're, they're heads of this studio uh, now. Uh, this is um, uh, Gallagher and Nurberger. Um, mm-hmm. And so they were um, game director and studio head at Crystal Dynamics. And it sounds like maybe they wanted to work with Crystal Dynamics. You might kind of vibe with that style more. I, I don't know. That, again, that is according to the story. But not according to the story is the fact that people have left. And that causes a troubled development cycle. Even though the initiative says they're confident in, in the development of the game. But, you know, that, that's tough. I mean, you have to say that. And also, like, the thing is, this is not a game we have seen anything for yet. Like, there is not any sort of perception out there about what this thing is going to be or how it will be received because there's just nothing to go off of yet. Uh, Yeah, just that CG trailer they put out to announce it. Yeah. Basically. Uh, Jeez, I wonder when this is coming out. Yeah, this this Video Games Chronicle story says uh, the issue is partly behind the decision, uh, the culture issue, that's that kind of creative uh, butting of heads, to a decision to bring on Board Crystal Dynamics uh, with Gallagher and Nurberger allegedly hoping that production would move more smoothly with the introduction of a second team familiar with their methods. So, hmm. okay, you know, I see the the end of this VGC story says it's understood that Xbox's leadership uh, is prepared to be patient with their new first party teams, including the Playgrounds Fable team and, and the Everwild team at Rare, as they prioritize blah 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 assembling groups of you know, yeah basically saying they're the it's not like the management it's not it's not the old xbox it's not like xbox management is going to swoop in and kill this project or others just because it's hitting a bumpy road 
it's probably worth pointing out in this story that Daniel Nurberger, the who is the game director from Crystal Dynamics that started up the studio, has left also. <laughs> that huh. So huh. uh Daryl Gallagher is stu- still there. Uh but you know it's there's a lot of people have left. That's hmm. Maybe we'll not hold my breath to see Perfect Dark this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um there is also news here uh, of which we jump into the E3 stuff. Yeah, or whatever qualifies as let's let's say E3 window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the E3, E3 itself was canceled. Although I don't know if the ESA is trying to put together their zombie online version again or not. I who knows. Well, if but. they if they are, it will be uh, it'll be without EA's help uh, because yes, yeah. The, uh, the 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 real quick long and short of this is that uh, we have confirmed from EA itself that they are not doing EA Play this year. That mm-hmm. they basically said like, hey, our projects are not lining up in a way that we could do one big event. We'll show you games as they happen, or as we have stuff to show, which they just did with Dead Space. Uh, and then on the flip side, uh, internet video game newsman Jeff Grubb says that Microsoft is putting something together for the June timeframe. Like that they always tracks. do. Yeah. I mean, you would expect the platform holders to do something. Well, if nobody else does. Well, I mean, Sony, Sony was one of the people to, to bounce out of E3 proper uh, at that point, but they, I bet we get a big state of play from them sometime during yeah. the summer. Yeah, for I bet, sure. I bet, I bet all the platform holders have a big thing ready to go this summer. I mean, Wait, that's, but that's the just EA- prime, prime promotional time prior to the holiday. But the EA thing, like, I'm thinking about what their lineup for this year is that we know about. And outside of sports, do we know about anything for 2022? Like, I feel like there's probably a Battlefield update. And by update, I mean teardown coming. Yeah, I mean, they they, they do their updates, their community messaging and patches and stuff. Yeah. uh, Let's see. Respawn has the Star Wars projects. But that's not this year, is it? No, no. I mean, those are those have to be way off, unless like there's a Fallen Order sequel that is like further along than we thought. Um, there's the Dead Space, which is not this year. Oh, so yeah, they announced they showed a bunch of like tech footage of Dead Space last week and confirmed that is not out until 2023. Uh, what else does EA have going on? Apex, uh, more yeah. Sims expansions, um, Dragon Age Four, <laughs> not Mass- this year. Mass Effect. Place your bets about when we hear anything else out of Bioware. Um, um, I bet before boy. the end of the year we hear something more significant about Dragon Age, but it is at least two years away from coming out. Let's, oh, the uh, EA's got a uh, EA has got a coming soon site. Oh, is it just everything that isn't sports? No, because under coming soon, Dead Space is here. The remake. Mm-hmm. No mention of Dragon Age or Mass Effect. Mm. Uh, despite Dragon Age having been announced way longer than Dead Space has. Somewhat um, disconcerting. They have a Star Wars tab, which doesn't look like it references any of those uh, unannounced, or not unannounced, but those those like kind of unnamed projects. And I guess we should accept anything Codemasters from this, because we don't really know what Codemasters is going to do now that they are kind of out of the games that they were developing before they got bought. Yeah. Like, Grid was the last one, right? Yes. What I think there's right. a Grid game that's either has come out or is coming <laughs> I out, think, and I, I think, think that... It did come out, I think. Yeah, Ask so me. I think that's that was the last thing that was in the hopper for them that was, like, pre-EA. Ask me anything about Codemasters racing games. Um, Are they going to make more of them? I don't know. That's the thing. They may just be making EA games from here on out. Fair. Fair. Yeah, that Grid Legends game, I think, came out end of last month. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's um, uh, I I mean, they there's probably a reason why they're not having a showcase. Yes. Uh, yes. Development. I mean, we're probably hitting a lot of the dividends of the troubled development over the course of the last two years now. Yes. Uh, and yet somehow yeah. all those games that were troubled and spent developed over that time are all coming out this month. <laughs> well, those I think the things yeah. coming out the this ones that month, were almost yeah. done. Yeah, into fiscal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. My, Microsoft being there does not surprise me. I mean, I think Phil is a pretty big advocate for E3 and on the board of the ESA still, right? I th- I yeah. Think. I mean, it remains to be seen if their showcase will be affiliated with E3 or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the deal is there. But they, there's always there's always Jeff Keeley skulking around in the background, <laughs> just ready to snatch anything he can. That's right into the Keeley verse. Um, they will. Yes, I. No matter what happens, you will be able to sit in front of a computer and watch people talk about video games and show off new games uh, yep. this year, without a doubt. Uh, I guess uh, I guess you'll be able to see Dead Space again in May, which is like, cool because that stuff they showed off was really neat. That was like a neat. Like I just skimmed through some of that footage, but like. So a pretty deep dive on some tech stuff, like the they nerd out in a way that I get behind. Yeah, like talking about like um like sound occlusion, I think, mm-hmm. and like showing off their like next gen tech for like making Isaac react to his own like fatigue and heart rate and stuff like that. <laughs> so they yeah, those are the the thing that jumped out at me from their little demo thing. Well, not little, it's fairly fairly involved, but um they have they're doing three different recordings for Isaac, and it'll be tr- when you cue a dialogue. Cue like you walk through a, a marker or whatever it is. Like, oh, I'm going to talk to somebody. There's a normal, a fatigue, and an injured version of that VO, mm. depending on wh- what state Isaac is in, which is awesome because you know that's one of those little things that you hope is a polished thing, right? Like, is like right in the next gen, the graphics all look good, right? So, what are we doing? Well, we have room to trigger these events. We have room to do things like you said, Brad, like better occlusion in the audio, better things that just immerse you more in the world and if dead space is nothing else and i think dead space is actually a pretty awesome game it is an immersive game and i think that's why they're probably showcasing so much of that stuff because if i my memory of dead space is minimal ui to no ui and you are just in the game and you're reading you're reading the rig system but in this case i think they're trying to read isaac's state more from the way he's breathing they have this whole thing called alive which is their system which they're basing Isaac's uh, breathing and and the way he's kind of presenting himself off of adrenaline, his limbic response, intelligent dialogue. That's the I in alive. That's a stretch. Uh, Exertions. uh, uh, Oh, sorry. Vitals and exertions, which are if he's breathing, he's like, and he's low on health. The exertions are. Oh, Oh, geez. Yeah. So like it'll just, it'll interject more like sighs and groans into the breathing. Those are the exertions. That whole thing, they have like spreadsheets and like what look like visual documents of how this stuff all works. It's an awesome video. You should go check it out. Yeah. It's, it's kind of neat. Like that thing. I mean, that remake is an interesting test case because it's only for new consoles, but it's a remake of an older game that is also very (laughs) small in scale. Like, yeah. There are not a lot or of big tight, spaces tight. in Dead Space. It's a tight, tight it's game, a lot of, yeah. It's a lot of tight corridors. Yeah. It's not a lot of gigantic rooms, certainly right. no sprawling open spaces. So, like, they're going to be able to devote, like, all of that performance budget to a very small, self-contained area. Yes. And not a lot of characters on screen at one time. So I'm really curious to see, like, you know, what level of ray tracing will this have? Like, what kind of cool next-gen bells and whistles that we haven't seen much of yet are they going to be able to employ in something like this? It's like a, a you know... 
not that demanding in, in, in a broad sense. Like it really drilled down on a little bit, uh, in a lot of depth. Well, like I, I think we said this last time, there's like maybe, maybe three to four characters with a lot of dialogues. And, and that probably lets you get the budget to do three recordings for Isaac, where if you have 150 quest givers in a game, you know, you're, you're spread pretty thin there. Like butter over too much toast bread. Uh huh. Mm. Uh huh. If you know what I'm saying. I see. I see what you're doing. Again, we're bringing it all uh, always, full circle. Always yeah. come back. I, I thought some of that footage looked a little early. Always like maybe not. Very but, early. It looked very early. Yeah. But they put the the titles on the screen were extremely in your face of like not finished footage, like mm-hmm. game and development. So. Oh, I mean, the half of that footage was Isaac on a flat plane with the background being somebody's workshop. Like a, oh, it was yeah, like yeah, tiny totally. Isaac. I'm, like the I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about the one clip that I think they called like sort of the, the mm. ambiance demo or something like that, or <laughs> yeah. atmospherics demo yeah. or something like that, where he was actually moving through an environment and mm-hmm. shooting at a necro and stuff, which looked a little more like real gameplay. But there definitely still seems like some work to do on those environments and stuff. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, if you like seeing uh pathing of sounds and they go through the weapon sounds, which is also fun in layers of how they get to the weapon sound and they turn them on and off in the thing. It's a lot of fun. I mean, production wise, it's a lot of fun. That's a uh, dead space. And they said early 2023, like we said before for that, which now listen, everything is, probably mutable and could shift yes, around so every everything everything is plus six months to a year <laughs> yeah. what you think it is give mm-hmm. or take give or take a decade window um i guess there's one one last uh microsoft story here yeah this rules uh, they, uh yeah. the the series s and x consoles can now download updates in energy saver mode yay which is rad because i I tried to find their published. Microsoft has published numbers for for energy consumption and wattage for those for old and new Xboxes, and I can't remember what it is. But like the difference between energy saver is like practically off, and standby is the like hot sleep, I guess, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where it can do everything. And I mean, they describe it here as energy saver uses like a twentieth of the electricity that the standby does. That's great. But you had to be in standby to get patches, which is like the one thing you absolutely want standby for, right? Yeah. Like, I can live without most of the things that standby gets you, but I don't want to turn a console on and patch games. It's annoying. Yeah. Uh, or or install a dashboard update. And Especially so, as patches get huge. Right. So they have, um, they have, so I guess what you lose by no longer being in standby is all the remote features. Like you can't like stream from the Xbox or like wake it up remotely and stuff mm. like that. But like in fact, they already, I, ch- I checked on the Series S here. They updated it already. Like the. The wording on standby now just says that like what you'll lose is just remote features. So okay, so like I, I know you can push these patches and updates through, but do you know? I assume then can you remote download something if you uh, if you buy it on your a different console? Maybe not. I don't know. That's, That's always a question. fun feature when you're at. The I don't know. If, yeah, you just there. do it from the from yeah. the from the mobile site or whatever. Oh, yeah. Hmm. That's a good question. I'm not sure about that one because that could be considered a remote feature yeah it could be considered like an update i don't know <laughs> right like, or is that a download feature i don't know which one is it yeah but, but one way general, to find out i mean i think it's like i don't know i think it's like a watt and a half two watts versus like pushing 30 or something yeah like when i so, was running that thing in the standby mode i always felt like that this thing is still generating way too much heat for a yeah. system that is actually in standby so i have only ever used the energy saver mode with this thing same here so every, every, okay i leave mine in standby and yeah every, every time i dust like my entertainment center or my hand brushes around the x the series x like i'm surprised how much heat is coming off that thing when it doesn't feel quote, right it's like quote unquote off so 
I, uh, I, this, I is, keep, this is awesome. I keep my energy uh, standby and I keep my PS5 in whatever state the PS5 is happy being in, yes. which is mostly a turned <laughs> just, off state. Uh, just tiptoe around the PS5 and hope that it you don't make it mad. I was I was glad to have Alex over. I was showing him Ghostwire, and I was like, "Hey, watch this!" When I go to put my PS5 to sleep, and he got to see it do the thing where the PS5 just dies. I was it still broken? <laughs> he saw it do it. It just it Dude. goes. The screen. I don't turns know green. what the hell is going on there, man. I, but it, that that console is haunted. <laughs> I did. Uh, I ended up doing two factory restores, like from USB, like full firmware <laughs> oh, from USB on mine, and it finally that problem finally went away. I have no idea what fixed. Is this just not happening that. to me because I've never plugged an external hard drive in? to it it, nobody knows like it's so there's so many theories out there about why this happens is it still happening to other people because i i I find it when i google it i still get stuff from like a year ago you ever get this you ever see this yeah and that's even when i change my time window i'm sure i'm sure some people are still having issues hey come at me if you have a fix because it's just annoying because i putting stuff into rest mode is a gamble you know like if i i mean most games i'm playing right now have pretty good saves so even if i put it into rest and it crashes out it's okay but yeah, yeah like i i didn't realize by default uh the ps5 by default if you have all that rest mode stuff turned on it'll both install new firmwares and also patch individual games even oh, if yes. that game is running oh that's so I had, I had i left horizon suspended a couple weeks ago and turned it on the next day and they had exited the game yep. to patch the game and i was like maybe maybe don't do that i mean so you can toggle that off but you have to go know to go oh, okay. do that which which i then did but then that means you have to sit there and watch the patch install I can't have it both ways. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Or you could. I don't know. Maybe there's a way to. Uh, I guess if we're resuspending, I still would like to know. Is it just doing an image of where you are, like kind of a like a save state of where you are in the on suspend? The Xbox? No, on the, the PS5 or either. Like, is it just uh, like PS5? It keeps it in memory, so if they have to exit the game or you lose power or something, you lose your state. Oh, okay. Like so it's just session okay. is gone. A uh, quick resume on the Xbox is actually writing like, a, like contents a of memory out to disk, okay. basically, which is why it survives hard power off and stuff. Uh, PS5 just do that. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a developer. Uh, all right. That's the news. Mm-hmm. I'm calling the news there. Well, I actually, real quick, I just oh, want yeah. to briefly mention, uh, yeah, just briefly it? mention one thing. Uh, there is a new Supermassive game being announced tomorrow officially, though there is a teaser video out, and I know about it because Lance Henriksen fucking posted it from his Twitter account. He took a break from tweeting about fucking, you know, Millennium to briefly say, hey, Wait, by the way, I'm in this video game. Why is he tweeting about Millennium? There's a documentary that came out some years ago, and he keeps tweeting links to it, and just like anytime anyone writes a story about Millennium, <laughs> he, he links to it. I think he just wants to do more Millennium, and no yeah, one let him. That. Well, and Millennium I mean, that the like... one where the people on the plane were taken? Or is that no. Okay. That's the 4400, or I... I Are you no, sure that's... it's not Millennium? No, Millennium is the one that's about a, cr- a freelance criminal profiler uh, at the at the end of the 90s when it's all about millennial co- apocalypse conspiracies. Right. M- Millennium didn't actually spin off of the X-Files, did it? It know- shares oh. a couple of in-universe things, but okay. they, it is not officially a spinoff of that. No, there is a Millennium episode of X-Files, but it came after that show went off the air. Okay, I know. I know. Lund, Lund Gunman was an actual. X-Files yes, that was an actual X Files right? spinoff. Was Was Millennium also Chris Carter? Chewy? Yes, it was. It was okay. Yes, and it had different showrunners every season, and it never quite found its footing. But it is also a show I have a lot of weird love for. Yeah, I I don't know why that makes me happy that Lance Henriksen is still way into Millennium. I mean, it was like later. one of his biggest, you know, like starring projects. Sure. So I can understand sure. why you would want to go back to it. Okay, well. Listen, I'm maybe a little bit older than you guys, but mm. 
1989, a movie called Millennium came out with Chris Christopherson, and it is about them being on a plane, and the people on the plane are taken to the future, okay? And that's when the Millennium was far, far enough away where you could call a movie Millennium, and it seems like it is, it is far in the future. I don't know about your weird conspiracy theory stuff. I'm talking about people getting transported off a plane. This you have real. fun with that. It's real. Anyway, Chris <laughs> Christopherson is not in the supermassive game. Lance Hendrickson apparently <laughs> is. So, uh, Lance Hendrickson, and uh, if people don't know, supermassive um, are the people uh, are behind uh, Until Dawn and those uh, Dark Pictures games. So that is a good pairing. And this is not Dark Pictures. Like this is a separate new game that is apparently even published by Two K. Huh. Mm. Okay. And can we assume he was supposed to tweet this? He did not, like, accidentally blow the lid off this? So there was an IGN news story that l- okay. that went beforehand that kind of said they are going to announce this game tomorrow. So I assume that there was some kind of press blast beforehand, and this okay. was scheduled. Okay. I want to see Super Massive's, Super Massive's Lance Hendrickson. I want to see what that face mm-hmm. looks like. Uh, it's going to be very craggy. <laughs> I love so. him. I love him. Yeah. The man has a very craggy face. <laughs> um. They, he's not in that trailer. I was kept waiting to be like, oh, where are we going to get it? Oh, not he specifically trailer. describes it as summer camp horror. So you can probably tell where they're going with this. I mean, that the trailer is like, we're counselors. You're, mm-hmm. not, you're not getting back to Crystal Lake tonight or whatever the, the cop says or anything. Oh, I like those games are dumb. They, yep. they keep surprising me with how they're able to pull it off even when they shouldn't be able to. And like, I like that. I like that. They seem so, they seem... I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt now because they seem to be aware of what their product is. Uh, that is the news. Folks, thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. We had a lot of games to talk about we this sure week. Did. Tunic is a hell of a game. Uh, I recommend anyone uh, checking it out. Also on Game Pass if you have that. Kind of a no-brainer. But for 30 bucks, I think I'm having... I know I'm having a lot of fun. I think it's so far worth that 30 bucks. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo coming out, uh, March 25th. Very curious to see what you guys think about it and, uh, uh, what the audience thinks about it as we move forward. Stranger of Paradise coming out later this week. Hell of a thing. Hell of a thing. Sopfo. Sopfo. Uh, and of course, uh, we have a uh, Horizon Forbidden West and the Elden Ring is still kicking around out there just waiting for, waiting for challengers to come take up was, the, the gauntlet. It was hard to leave that game. Uh, like I got on an airplane hours after last week's podcast, and I was like the one game that I'm locked to my PS5 that I was sad mm. about leaving behind. The Elden Ring. Kind of worried about missing the zeitgeist, you know? It's like... Well, now you have Tunic. The people, uh, the people, yeah, that's that's true. But, you know, Get in there and discover the secrets of Tunic. The discussion about Elden Ring things <laughs> has been hot and heavy for a while, and that won't last forever, but you know. Nothing does. Except for my gratitude to all the mm. people who make this possible. Very nice. Uh, thank you. Uh, you can help make these things possible as well. You do so by watching our stuff on Twitch and YouTube and listening to this here podcast, spreading the good word, sharing with your friends and family. Only the good ones, though. And then uh, you can go over to, oh, you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know who, you know everybody. Eat shit, Uncle Gary. <laughs> everybody knows exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, and also you can go over to patreon.com slash nextlander. We have a bunch of tiers there. You can find a tier that's right for you and continue helping Nextlander make amazing content. Like uh, all the stuff we had this week, which I'll get into after I thank these mysterious benefactors who are also a tier on our Patreon. 
And as part of that tier, they get their name read on this podcast. And this week, I'm going to do it. You guys ready? Yes. Hit it. Okay. Starting with Lerganas, No One, Vinny's Giant Booga Boogas, Nelson LeBlanc, James Smith, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Jack Eineker, Nick Donegan, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, J.M., Jerry Lee, Gary Pejke, Conrad Kuzmin, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Hashtag Bunny Crimes, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Bacon Monk, Chris Barkhurst, Anders Buga, Devin Maestro Hall, Brian Murphy, Kevin Velado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Aaron Gonzalez Beer, Andrew Tiebkin, It Me JP, Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Richard Welsh, aka Hired Noobs, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Those are our mysterious benefactors and all of our mysterious benefactors for this week. I would like to thank everybody who has contributed on the Patreon and elsewhere. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being a part of the community. Yes, thank you. Also, not so mysterious now. Mm, yeah. Very that well. That joke will never die. Very no. well done, Shoemaker. No. Mm. Too much bread. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do we got going on? This week, in case you missed it, I want to remind you... That Monday, we explored more alien space in uh, Galaxy Quest in Mass Effect Andromeda. We have our Ramblecast currently up over on the Patreon side. You can check that stuff out. Uh, Mary Kish and I played a game called Night's Retreat on the season finale of Comfy Crew. Uh, and hopefully Mary will come back and do either more Comfy Crew or you can let us know if we want to try something else. Mary's open to doing other stuff. The only thing I told Mary was she has to do something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she can't just stop. But we're going to take a little break. Um, and and that was a lot of fun. You can go check that up. Archive is up now. Uh, we mentioned a bunch of games this week. And we're going to play some of those games on Thursday, the time this uh, podcast goes out to the public. So uh, stick around for that. Well, don't stick around. Go do something else. Listen to this and enjoy your life. And then come back to listen uh, to us talk about Probably probably Strangers in Paradise. We're going to probably show that. And some Tunic, wherever else has come out recently. And then uh, Friday, um, we are still on track. Alex, are we on track? On track. I have not tried to do this yet because okay. I... So I've played a lot of online Mario Kart 8, but I've never tried to do the online tournaments, which seems to be the only way you can do a thing where you invite people in to play <laughs> that aren't on your friends list. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to try it out and we'll see how it goes. Worst case, I'll probably just race through a bunch of the new tracks. Best case, maybe we'll try and get some multiplayer going. Fantastic. So our plan is to check out some of those, uh, tracks from that battle pass, season pass, track pass, whatever Nintendo's calling it for Mario Kart 8. And if any of you at home know how the online tournament system works, and if we can just do it as a one-off, please let me know. Because <laughs> well, I, 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 I bet there some people on our Discord could help out. Nintendo yeah. online stuff. It's always fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get your friend codes ready, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, check out all that. Check out all of that. Check out all of that. Check out all, all of that. <laughs> all of that. 
Um, check else? out all of that. It's a, it's been like a it's been like a lot going on. There's been like meetings and stuff like that. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything. We're else. a businessman. It's a businessman. It's tax season. Hey, heads up! It's tax season in business land. We are. Um, uh, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but um, we have been trying to figure out some merch stuff. That's uh, that's something we're, we're looking into. No time frames on that, but it is stuff we're probably gonna look into. If people have ideas, let us know. But we're gonna look into something easy out of the gate. Probably logos on various things. When so. we have a time frame on that, believe me, you will know. You will know. That's short for merchandise. Oh, I never knew that. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm such a womp. I'm such a jack. <laughs> such a such a sopfo jack. <laughs> um, can we get yes. one more? Can we get one more from Sopfo the clown before we uh, we get out of here? Merch. Uh, merch is like my ex-wife took took my shirt off my back and then sold it for twenty four ninety five. Uh, granted, I didn't wear the shirt a lot. That was one of the reasons she left me. I think uh, the sweaty couch. Hey, folks, do me a favor. Wear a shirt. You got leather upholstery. It's kind of it's not good for old Safo. He sweats a lot. So, kids, Safo sweats a lot. It's uh, it's I have a I have a problem. Skin thing. You kids, oh, what do you Sapo. say? You moisturize, moisturize. Anyway, I'm gonna Sapo's gonna go get some more cake. Don't forget to tip your clown. <laughs> He's already a little tipsy, folks. That's gonna do it for the end of the podcast. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Vinny. See you guys back next week. 